Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited. So you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you'd like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff Frumis. Hey, what's going on? The rain's about to come down here pretty hard. Hopefully we don't get flooded again. And for some strange reason, I felt that I should get this one out of the way. Been wanting to do it for some time now and just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Well, tonight's the night. We're going to talk about the Ramones versus the Pistols. That's really sensationalist. It's not the Ramones versus the Pistols. It's it's <clears throat> it's a lot more innocent than that. Although I don't know, we'll hear we'll hear it from from two different sides. You know the the Ramones. When the Ramones come to England, it's a really 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 big deal. I mean, ginormous. It happens initially during the bicentennial, 1976, which is sort of poignant because in 1776, we had the Revolutionary War, and now here it is 200 years later, America's, co- America's, America's invading England, that kind of thing. Uh, and so it was a big deal. And that was really, I you know, when... England is getting exposed to the New York sound upfront and personal for the first time. Yeah, they might have import records. Yeah, they know about the dolls, yada, yada, yada. They know about Iggy Pop. We know about the MC5 and whatnot and, and all the all that other stuff. But this is the first time that what's been bubbling in New York for the last two years sort of makes its way across the pond and it would have a monumental ripple effect because you know you always hear these things you hear about oh the sex pistols second gig you hear about um god what's the name of the band uh joy divisions i think it's joy divisions first gig or something like all these bands were in the audience and then went and start started their own bands this was one of those monumental gigs when the ramones on July fourth, nineteen seventy six, the remo uh, the the Clash, the Sex Pistols, the Damned, they're all there, and they all start their own sort of band as a result. <laughs> Good evening, Mister Rue. Rue Morick says the Ramones get my vote on this one, and I do love the Pistols. Yes, but it's not really sort of a battle. That was just sort of a sensationalist tactic to get people to click in on the thing it's more exploring the mythology you know all of these stories just like how we focus on the the misfits and stuff like you know individually just the misfits that band and you know all the little sort of you know minutiae in there in the wider punk spectrum there's even more of that there's so much more really it a lot of it can be found in this sort of it's kind of like a compilation if you think about it in this book right here, this is my – this copy's from 2004, so it's really old. It's like brown. You can't tell because of the light, but it's like super brown. I read through it twice. I haven't read this in over 15 years. I really should give it another reread. I still remember, though. I still remember the stories from this book. This is the book that sort of really sent me down the punk rabbit hole. and got It exposed me to so many bands, so many bands because of this book. Written by Legs McNeil. He also did a book about the um, uh, another industry called the Other Hollywood. Check that out. And he he's been trying to get this Manson book made for many many years. But 
This is the one he's known for more than anything. He was a writer for Punk Magazine. His associate, John Holstrom, did an interview for uh, the Lodi Project many, many, many moons ago. I don't think they talk anymore. But what we're going to do... Oh, my God. Look what just fell out of this thing. This is how old this book is. Look at this. One dollar off one pack of any style Marlboro. When I was, used to be a smoker. Look at that thing. <laughs> Man, you do not see ads like that anymore. Wow. That was my bookmark there. But yeah, it was hard. I was having a lot of trouble finding this passage. I thought it was like a, a whole thing in the book. But like I said, it, it was just a, it's a paragraph. It's a simple paragraph. Let, let's let's go into it. Let's go into it. We, we have an article here from Far Out Magazine. We're going to start there. It's written by Tom Taylor. Okay. Let's go get it. Just pulling this up real quick. Jeff, pull it up. Jeff, pull it up. Here it is. So this is the first part, right? Here we go. When the Ramones wildly pranked Johnny Rotten by Tom Taylor. This is from October 1st, 2021. And it's from Far Out Magazine. They're a UK British magazine. In 1974, the Ramones reinvented the musical wheel with some weird new medium called punk. That's not exactly true, but, you know, for just sort of like a, a casual article like this, we'll take it. As the old man once said, now punk, that's a name that no one would self-apply where I come from. But then there was a lot about punk that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Although the foundations had been laid in place long before them, okay, there we go. We got a little acknowledgement that that something had come before the Ramones. It was the Ramones that it was the Ramones that crooked tower. Wait, what? It was with the Ramones the crooked tower of punk rock began to break ground long before, or at least long before, in punk terms the pistols and the British punk explosion ever came to be. And as we know, the, the British side of things, they hate to be reminded of this fact. They will, you know, even in Steve Jones's book, he goes on about how that's not exactly true. There was definitely stuff happening, you know, on a parallel plane, but it's New York, baby started in New York. I'm not biased either because I'm in New York, but, um, the timeless appeal of the Ramones was best summed up by one such, such British punk, the poet John Cooper Clark, who wrote in the Ramones fanzine, this is a famous one, called Sniff and Glue, the following pithy piece of punk proclaiming prose. Whoa. Say that a thousand times with the P's. Ready? The following pithy piece of punk proclaiming pose. The following pithy piece of punk proclaiming. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It says, "I love Bob Dylan, but I hold him responsible for two bad ideas: a, the extended running time of the popular song, and b, the lyric sheet." He began, adding, "In late 1975, I read an article on the Ramones, a four-man gang from Queens." Much was made of their snotty, asocial stage manner and the speed and brevity of their songs. I bought the LP. The Ramones were, were and are an enthusiasm of mine. They understood that it was better to have clever lyrics about moronic subjects than the other way around. So it's better to have – it's better than having moronic lyrics about clever subjects. Better to have clever lyrics about moronic subjects. While asocial is not necessarily the same thing as violent, that didn't stop it from being an unfortunate side effect. Joey Ramone might have vouched, for me, for me, punk, punk is about real feelings. It's not about, yeah, I'm a punk and I'm angry. That's a lot of crap. It's about loving the things that really matter, passion, heart, soul. But that didn't stop the Pistols from wanting to scrap when the New Yorkers first arrived on UK soil. As the Afcon Hound frontman recalled on Conan, as the Af they refer to Johnny, to, to Joey Ramone as the Afghan Hound frontman, recalled on Conan. This is a clip. There's a clip here. When we first met this, I can't do it. I'm not going to try and do a Joey Ramone. 
when we first met the Sex Pistols, it was our first tour over there in the UK. And yeah, they wanted to come on like they wanted to start something. Apparently, it would seem that the Ramones were able to diffuse the brash behavior of the Pistols. And eventually, they were seemingly able to shake hands. I mean, how do you come backstage and want to fight someone? Like, you just knock on the door. Oi, we want to fight you. Come outside so we can fight. Like, is that how it works? I don't think that's how it works, but who am I? What do I know? However, the Ramones were not going to forget the incident in a hurry, and they had a few tricks up their leather sleeves when they next returned in 1977. As Joey Ramone explained with a beaming smile, we came back in 77 and we did a tour, and Johnny Rotten wanted to come backstage. And a little prank that we pulled on Johnny is that we all kind of pissed in the beer. And then Johnny Ramone gave Joe. <laughs> then Johnny Ramone gave. Wait, what is this? Is this doesn't? And then Johnny Ramone gave Johnny Ramone as our little way of saying hello. He meant to say Johnny Ramone gave Johnny Rotten as our little way of saying hello. Our little greeting. He said, adding, although British beer is pretty bad, he probably didn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> British beer isn't bad, you bloody heathens, but it isn't exactly a glowing indictment that Johnny Rotten didn't seem to notice after all. No, Rye, I would love to hear, I'd love to hear uh, Johnny Rotten, you know, try and rational. Oh, it was, it, it was just a snarky little thing. They were just trying to get the better of me. It's all right. They're the, they're the Ramones. We're much better than them anyway, you know. Um, <laughs> so it isn't exactly a glowing indictment that Johnny Rotten didn't seem to notice after all. No riot ensued or uproar broke out. Just a few backstage winks and no doubt a bemused Rotten in the middle of it all. Pranks were part of the fabric of punk as youths seized a clutch of culture for themselves, and in the process, the world was changed. As Patti Smith said, I'm not a fan of Patti Smith. Actually, Legs McNeil and, what's her name, Jillian, uh, Jillian McCain. Legs McNeil and Jillian McCain really, truly just paint Patti Smith in the worst light, just like the worst person ever. Kind of a bummer to think that she was the last person to play in CBGBs, to be honest. JRD for the win says, British beer is like having SEX in a boat. It's fucking close to water. <laughs> oh, shots fired and burn. As Patty Smith said, this carefree attitude created the space needed for freedom to create. Freedom to be successful and freedom not to be successful. Freedom to be who you are. And then they post the clip here. Shall we take a look? We're going to take a look and then we're going to go to the other thing that I have. The other thing that I have. I hope this doesn't get me flagged. I am willing to take a risk because I very much want to hear. I've never heard the story from from Joey Ramone. It, it looks like a long clip though. I don't know. Let's see. This is from, this is from 1999. Let's take a look. Let us take a look at the tape. Audio has been shared. All right. Hopefully this won't get me into trouble. And if it does, then it does. That's, that's just the way it is. Sorry. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, uh, Joey. Here, ready? Let's go. Not fair. Yeah, got a good beat. Uh, they do it well. <laughs> High praise, indeed. Look at it. Look you at know, those leather a pants. There's to talk about here. And uh, first thing is, I don't think people today appreciate how much you guys uh, changed the whole scene of music. You were. They, it was, he was on movement. there to promote something. You guys something. doing it in '74, which is two years before the British punk movement. Isn't that right? Right, right. And actually, even more. Even more. Yeah. Okay. Man, so I would wish I could talk three, to Joey. Four. You guys are doing you know, this in the you know 50s. appreciates us, Green Day, and the Offspring. Right. Right. There's you know. a lot of bands now that what have said cool this guy, was the honestly. band. When you guys first came along, 
You didn't sound like anybody else. You didn't look anything like anybody else. Nope. How did the average people react to you back then? Like we were aliens. <laughs> like really? Still kind of looks like an right. alien. I remember um, we, uh, this agency premiere, they booked us, and they, put, they wanted us to get more wider exposure. Mm -hmm. So they put us on tour with, um, not on tour, but we did a show with Toto. In the middle of Toto, uh, Saint, Saint oh Charles, my God. Louisiana, it's uh -huh. supposed to be the most dangerous place on earth. Uh -huh. And uh, we played some basketball stadium with us and Toto, and the, the kids just—we drove about 15 hours out of the way to get there because we in, just in a 15-person like van. Prior, no less. We get there, and you know we're you know we're tired. We, we go on, we play the show. And everyone's just staring at us like we're from Mars or something like that. Right. There's a story I heard somewhere where you guys are coming out. You're coming out of a van, right. and some woman saw you, and she went up to your manager. Do you remember, you she, remember this yeah, story? Yeah, she went up to um to our road manager, Monty, and she said, "We had Monty on the show." How nice of you to take care of these <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> Should ask Monty about that when we had him on. Uh, now. <laughs> The Sex Pistols, of course, they come along in 76, I is. believe. Right. They come out, uh, and, and the well, Sex Pistols... Well they, well, they came out in, like, 77. Oh, okay. We had, right. we had, um... Listen to that we, rivalry. We had three albums out before they had their first. Right, you guys came first. We That's established right. that. We're not going to fight about that. Okay. Uh, but the, the <laughs> Sex Pistols just said uh, they wanted to fight you guys. Isn't that well, right? Because there was a perceived rivalry, but the Sex Pistols actually wanted to fight you, and you didn't... Well, when we first met them, we, it was um, our first tour over there. And, um, 76. Yeah, they, they wanted to come on, like, you know, they were going to, you know, they wanted to, you know, that's how they were. They, you know, wanted right. to, like they wanted to start something. So the, the first time, um, in 77, we came back, we did a tour, and Johnny Rotten wanted to come backstage. So, um... So, for a, a, a little prank that we pulled on, on Johnny was um, that we all kind of pissed in the beer. <laughs> and Johnny, what like... you kind of pissed in the beer? <laughs> we did. We, we, <laughs> okay. We, we uh, urinated there and you go, yeah. pissed in the beer. And... Yeah. So great. And, um, you know and they did Johnny, it, too. Jo Johnny Ramone gave Johnny Rotten the beer. Uh-huh. Of course like he our did. Little, <laughs> our way of saying hello. Yeah. You? Well, that's peace offering. Yeah. You know? Well, that British beer is pretty bad. He probably yeah, didn't he probably notice. Uh, you've written a million. You, you guys have all these. I was looking at the anthology, and so many that of your the songs. Anthology. Like, you see them all stacked up one after the other. That's are about what it was. the brain. Gimme, gimme shock treatment. Sink, right? <laughs> Teenage lobotomy. I want to be sedated. Psychotherapy. My brain all is hanging upside down. About brain mental brain. health. Are what, what DD songs? Brain? We're screaming out for help. <laughs> and all songs about love are Joey songs. I hope you get that. Yeah. The. Uh, please. Have you ever? I mean, this. You are probably uh, have one of the most recognizable looks in rock and roll. Have you ever thought for a second about doing something different with your hair, cutting it? I, I, I did think about it. You did think about but it? But I, I don't look good in short hair. When I was a kid, I used to have short hair. My, my mom, uh, you know, they used to take me to the barber shop, but they, you know what that stick I love his long hair, man. Like, you know, uh, Howard, no. people used to confuse Howard Stern and Joey Ramone. No, I don't think that was a barber shop. <laughs> I don't know what the hell uh, was going on. I think it was, um, you know when they grease you up at the barber shop? <laughs> Yeah, I guess in the um, <laughs> in the fifties they would do that, right? Yeah, it's called the well, we DA. Actually, I disagree because we actually uh, we have computer uh, graphics here, and we actually thought, let's see what Joey looks like with a conservative hairstyle. Can we take a look at this, please? I think. Wow! Look you at like that. That's magic. On Wall that Street. was me in the fifties. <laughs> That's a Keanu Reeves thing happening there. Are you um? Too You're still a single now. guy I'm playing the field. Do you ever think you'll settle down? I hope so. Yeah? It's, at some point. You want to do that, or you like living the life? shame he never did, I, man. I like the life. Yeah. <laughs> he probably, dude, he probably pulled, Let's talk more about the life afterwards, shall we? <laughs> uh, Freaking Joey You Ramon, know what? Dude. we got to have you come back. I hope you can come back and, and talk. We'd love to have you guys come on oh, yeah, and, be, and perform, because be we're huge fans. Yeah. Telephone call from Joey Rotten. Oh. Rotten. That's Connor. That's that I mean, perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The broken it's up. your barber from the 50s. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he wants you to shut up. Uh, 
Um, Hey Ho, Let's Go, the Ramones anthology is in stores now, and the booklet that comes with this thing is great. They really did a nice yeah, job. Yeah, Ronald did a great really job. Really I mean, really tells the whole story. And you're doing a benefit up. for the Independence Thursday night right. at Don Hills in New York City because their that. equipment got stolen, right? Right, right. Everything got stolen, all their personal he, belongings. And wow. Right. Their van. They'll be performing nude. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Barrel, barrels. It was a real pleasure having you on. Oh, Thanks for nice. doing it. Joey Ramone, everybody. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, so you know what's so cool about that? Joe, so first of all, I know the independents. The independents are, you know, they're still out there, man. They were, they were managed by Joey Ramone. Joey Ramone was a big champion of this band, the independents. And wow, that's so funny. The, the, the fact to think that Conan O'Brien on, you know, late night television, uh, name dropped. The independence, probably at Joey Ramone's behest. It's it's amazing to think that they did not explode out of the gate with Joey Ramone's backing. I personally, I think if Joey Ramone hadn't passed away when he did, if he had lived for another, you know, five, 10, 15 years, that the independence would have been huge. It would have just been big. JRD, funny you bring this up. Yes, this is a this is absolutely a uh it's a legend but it's you know it's in book it's in this book actually it's in this book right here um i don't know if i have the the chapter open to it but i'm gonna sure sure try to read it if i can find it because i have this other thing here let's take a look so as we do on the show we don't just examine one story from one angle we look at a story from a bunch of different perspectives so this is the last part of our a little thing. It's kind of hard to read with sunglasses on. I'm going to do the best I can. Got to stay on brand. Can't take off my sunglasses. Um, so this is in, this is on page 230 of PKM if you want to read along. And it's from the chapter, you have never, you should have never opened that door, which I believe is from a Ramones song. So this is Dee Dee. So this is an oral history. The way this works basically is you know, Legs McNeil interviewed Pete, countless, countless people, hundreds of interviews, hundreds of hours. And then what you do is you take a snippet of a, a paragraph from transcribed paragraph from person to person, and you basically stitch it all together like a collage. It's like an, it's like a book version of a documentary. That's literally what it is. Except that imagine it's way more difficult to put together than maybe a documentary would be. I don't know. Who knows? But Didi Ramon says, when we, when we went to England, things happened so fast. It was unbelievable. The record company gave us unlimited room service. <laughs> the record company gave us unlimited room service, and I ordered so many bottles of scotch, I had a $700 bill in two days. When they saw this, they said, we just thought you were going to order some cheese sandwiches and Coca-Cola. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. <laughs> What's up, Javis Pickle? How you doing? Good to see you in the in the chat. I I didn't know any better. Um, I thought it was a huge rock star. I, th I can't do it. I thought it was a huge rock star. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Mickey Lee, another person I have had the pleasure of crossing paths with a few times. I think everybody that this is Mickey Lee is is Joey Ramone's brother. He doesn't go by Mickey Hyman. He has his own stage name is Mickey Lee. Must be, you know, I can't even imagine how the the ups and downs of being Joey Ramone's brother. Not not an easy thing. You should read the book. I slept with Joey Ramone, co-authored with Legs McNeil. Uh, Mickey Lee says. I think everybody was a little nervous because it, uh, because we were in London and out of our turf for the first time. All of us, the Ramones and the Roadies, were walking down this alley to get to the backstage door of the Roundhouse. And standing there in the alley like a posse was the Clash. And I love this description because I imagine I imagine the Clash like like looking like anime characters, but at the same time like posing, like really, really posing trying to be impressive. They were all wearing black leather jackets. They were all trying to be really fucking tough. And we were a little scared. Could you imagine that? What's up, Ramones? We have the clash. 
Uh, Tommy was popping Valium and his hands were shaking because he was so fucking nervous. So as we were walking towards the door, they said, hey, we're the Clash, man, and we're going to be bigger than anybody, which is so awesome. Imagine walking in because that's what life was like back then in the 70s. You could just be walking into an alley and there's the Clash standing in the alley. <laughs> announcing we're the clash and we're going to be bigger than anybody, you know, just so great. So great. It wasn't like, Hey, we liked your record. It was an act. They were acting punk because that's how they figured bands in New York acted tough. Arturo Vega. He was the merchandise slash art director slash lighting director for the Ramones made a lot of money off of that logo. Lot of money. We're gonna do a show on the Clash and Strummer and the future, Rue. I have I have something lined up for that. Um, so this is what Arturo says. All the London bands were hanging out in the alleyway, trying to get into the roundhouse to see the Ramones. See, that's the beauty. So here's the beauty of an oral history. You're going to get, and this is again why it's so much cooler to hear from such a varied selection of people because you're not going to hear the same cookie cutter answer over and over and over again. You're going to get a slightly skewed perspective. That's going to allow you to better understand what's going on. So I love that. Uh, he says all of the, all the bands are hanging out in the alleyway, trying to get into the roundhouse to see the Ramones, Johnny Rotten, asked me if he could come through the back door and meet the band. He asked me, if they don't like me, will they beat me up? So this is in 1977, mind you. The Ramones have returned, I think? Or maybe this is the first time in 76. I can't tell. No, no, it would be the first time in 76. But Johnny Ramone is really intimidated. He goes, <laughs> if, they don't, if they don't like me, will they beat me up? He thought the Ramones were a real gang. Ha, 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 ha. Dee Ramone. Here it is. This is the big, this is the big paragraph right here. The Ramones always put a few drops of piss in anything they gave to their guests. This is a little joke. So the way Dee puts it, uh, you know, Joey doesn't really go into this, but the way Dee puts it is, you know, this was just a custom. I don't know if it's a Forest Hills, Queens, Forest Hills, Queens custom. This is just a custom. This is just what you do. You put a few couple drops of your piss in, in the thing and, you know, you give it to people. And, you know, pretty funny. That's pretty freaking funny. Uh, so it's like a, it's a custom, if you will. Uh <laughs> So the Ramones always put a few drops of piss in anything they gave to their guests as a little joke. When Johnny Rotten came to see the Ramones at the Roundhouse, he asked Monty if he could come backstage and say hello. Johnny Rotten said that it was all uh, Johnny Ramone, who was in charge of that stuff, kind of. Johnny Ramone said it was all right and it was very and was very friendly to Johnny Rotten when they met. He shook his hand, patted him on the back, and asked him if he wanted a beer. Ha ha ha. Johnny Rotten took it and drank it down in one gulp. We were all holding our breaths and going blank. So he just left. No, Javis, they didn't give him a warm beer. Oh, yes, they did. Right. Sorry. Uh, you, you, I, I didn't understand what you were saying. I was like, you know, Javis, you don't understand what I'm saying. And it was quite the reverse. You, you, I wasn't understanding what you were saying. Yes, they did indeed give him a warm beer. Uh, and I mean, that, that's pretty much it. Yes, I think Rotten deserved it as well, Eric. Good to see you, Eric. I think Rotten deserved it as well. Danny Field says, Mick Jones and Paul Simeon of The Clash were there. Paul was sitting around with these white socks, and they were really dirty, and I thought, boy, that's cool. That's Danny Fields. Danny Fields also was the manager of the Stooges. So Danny Fields is responsible for managing the Stooges and the Ramones, two of like the... Some of the most important punk bands to ever be, you know, as a result were were the result of Danny Fields as well as MC5, and you know he was involved with the Doors, you know. Um. Danny 
Dagger Love says, got to give it to the Ramones for their longevity and body of work, but Steve destroys Johnny and the guitar. Obviously. I mean, is that even a question, dude? Of course he just Johnny Ramone doesn't Johnny Ramone does one thing. He just does the buzzsaw. Although, although if we're talking about endurance, it's quite possible that Johnny Ramone would smoke him on endurance. But Steve Jones has Steve Jones is way more chops, way better a guitar player than Johnny Ramone, hands down. But you know, in terms of enduring work and influence. I would say the Sex Pistols still remain important because they were the band that sort of they exploded and give, you know, uh, gave everybody international notoriety and influenced a lot. But the Ramones, the the influence and impact, lasting impact, multi-generational impact of the Ramones, it has just not it has not been equaled to this day. You don't hear people talking about how they're starting a band because they want to be like the Pistols, you you still hear that because of the Ramones. Yes, Johnny didn't write anything, even though he took a quarter percentage. That's not true. Johnny did write on Too Tough to Die. He wrote songs with Dee Dee. That's when him and Dee Dee, the last time him and Dee Dee were sort of really tight. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, he's Johnny is king of the castle, even though Steve Jones would smoke him on guitar. Johnny Ramone is the king. He is. No matter what we feel about him. It can't be denied. It cannot be denied. So the Clash were there. This is what Danny Fields says. Paul was sitting around with these white socks and they were dirty. And he and Danny Fields thought it was cool. I got a big crush on Paul, the cute one, because I loved his socks. They were really dirty, thin white socks. You could see where they started to get really dirty as soon as they got below the shoe line. It's interesting how years later, as he's doing this interview with 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 um, Legs McNeil, that he that that he remembers that detail. Know what I'm saying? Machine Gun says Steve Jones copied Johnny's guitar playing. I disagree, Machine Gun, even though. Steve Jones spent a lot of time playing along to those albums. A lot of his guitar playing is Johnny Thunders. That's Johnny Thunders there. He's doing, he is just ripping off Johnny left and right. You know, Um, uh, Machine Gun wants to clarify and say in terms of bar chords. Okay, that I don't know. That I don't know. But in terms of flair, in terms of finesse, in terms of that sort of thing, I'd say... He's he's just trying to channel Johnny uh, Johnny Thunders, you know what I mean? Uh, J JRD for the win says, imagine how different things would have been if Steve Jones didn't swear on the Bill Grundy show. That's what made the Pistols famous. You're you're right. It would have been a much no no no. That's not true. No 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 no. That's not true. That's what made the Pistols go international. But they were a band, dude. They were a band. They were a, a working, functioning band. You know what would have happened? They would have written more songs. They would have put out more albums. They would have still gotten signed. They would have put out more albums. They wouldn't have been blacklisted. They might even still, they wouldn't have been together for the next 10 years. Glenn Matlock wouldn't have left the band. There's so many things would not, would have happened if they had, if he had not cursed on Bill Grundy, but Bill Grundy turned them into a circus act. They were a functioning band for the year of, 1976 and still sort of gelling in 75 they became they became a a sensational media puppet for malcolm mclaren to play with from 77 until january of 78 when they break up it's truth um see if there's anything else they want to say but he ended up having an affair okay so danny fields had a crush on him but he ended up having an affair with patty smith she had good taste in guys, but Paul and Mick weren't in the clash yet, but they were starting it. They were afraid to play until they saw the Ramones. I mean, Paul and Mick told the Ramones, now that we've seen you, we've we got to be a band. The Ramones said, you just got to play, guys. You know, come out of your basement and play. That's what we did. Basically, the Ramones said to them, and so there's another band that that just sort of explodes because of the Ramones, you know. Basically, the Ramones said to them, which they said to countless other bands, you don't have to get better, just get out there. 
You're as good as you are. Don't wait until you're better. How are you ever going to know? Just get out there and do it. Such an important, like, ethic, you know, such an important, like, notion in that. That's the that's what the Ramones got from the New York Dolls, you know. So that's like the chain of command, you know. The Ramones are influenced by the Stooges and the Dolls and the MC5, right? But it goes the Stooges and then the Dolls sort of show up and then the Ramones show up and then everything else springs from there. That's like the the Daisy the Daisy chain. All right, so here's a here's a thing. Let's see if Okay, so here's one last passage about the Ramones and the Sex Pistols from the book. This is Dee Dee once again. Sid, I'm not going to try and read like him. I was going to. Uh, Sid Vicious followed me all over the place. This was before he was in the, the Pistols. He was very nice and very innocent. I saw him all the time. The worst time was one night when we had a big party. It was the summer, and in London, there's no air conditioning. It was at a place called the Country Cousin or the Country Club, probably the Country Club. Which everybody had, where everybody had their parties. They were serving beer and wine, and everybody was bombed. The whole bathroom was filled with puke in the sink, in the toilets, on the floor. It was really disgusting. And somebody said, Dee Dee, do you need anything? And I said, Yeah, I want some speed. All of a sudden, I had a huge amount of speed in my hand, and I started sniffing it like crazy. I was so high. And then I saw Sid, and he said, do you have anything to get high? I said, yeah, I got some speed. So Sid pulled out a set of works, which for those of you who don't know, that's like a, a needle you use for intravenous drugs. He pulls out a set of works and put a whole bunch of speed in the syringe and then stuck the needle in the toilet with all the puke and piss in there and then loaded it, meaning, you know, just bang, bang the needle in. He didn't cook it up. He just shook it and stuck it in his arm and got off. I just looked at him. I'd seen it all by then. He just looked at me kind of dazed and said, man, where do you get this stuff? So what a, what a passage. <laughs> Story time with Jeff. What a passage though, right? Let's go to some of the comments here. Javis says, the Ramones are one of my, oh no, whoops. The the pistols is more uh, the pistols music is more like rock and roll, uh, not too much punk sound is more about the lyrics. Yeah, I mean they definitely have a more sort of New York Dolls Heartbreakers sound, right? You know it's funny I was getting into an argument with these you know like elitist like never wases I guess would be the best way to put it who were not even around back then. You know, but worship Johnny Thunders and got so mad that, you know, I said that that Johnny Thunders was was in a punk that that Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers are a punk band. And he's like, no, they're a rock and roll band. I'm like, dude, like, you know, they're you know, they're in the punk scene. They were a staple on the punk circuit. They played in punk clubs. They're a punk band, even if they were playing. 50s traditional 50s rock and roll that's what punk kind of was and to an extent that's what the sex pistols were the sex pistols were not doing what the dead boys were doing or the ramones were doing they were just it was just sloppy raunchy rock and roll in the vein of the new york dolls it was more in that template with clever lyrics that had a, a socio-political commentary sardonic and nihilistic snide great it's a great album that album's great what's up crazy white boy you got crazy white boy in the house of the ramones or one of my all-time favorite bands it was so great to see live can't believe it's been 25 years since their last show i wish i could have seen the ramones live i suffer from i was too young itis unfortunately just the just just the way it is man that's just the way of the world that's just the way the world. I did get to see CJ and Danny Ray do a Ramon set. And that was about the closest thing because they were all friggin' dead. They were all dead already. You know, really sad. Tommy was still around, but Tommy's not really doing that sort of thing. This isn't about comparing whether the Ramones are so much better than the Sex Whistles or not, Mr. Red. But, you know, you're allowed to have 
your opinion. Yes, that is disgusting. I think you're referring to the uh, using the works and the puke. <laughs> Drugs bad. <laughs> yes, Bodies is my favorite uh, pistol song. I love Bodies. Big fan of that song. You should, uh, Mr. Red, check out my other videos about the Sex Pistols, who I love, by the way. But yeah, I think John Lydon has sort of gone off his rocker. Uh, and he does think he, he's sort of, it's always trying to be, he's always trying to be on brand, you know, trying to be punk one minute and then the next minute, not at all. Um, Dagger Love says, Steve was all Chuck Berry and so was Thunders. Yeah, but I don't, but Steve wasn't looking, Steve is Chuck Berry by way of Thunders. The Chuck Berryness that he gets doesn't come from Chuck Berry. It comes from Thunders, who in turn gets it from Chuck Berry. You know, um, "Strength to Endure" is a great CJ song. I agree. I agree. Uh, Ramones were more rock and roll. Matlock gave the Pistols a pop sensibility under Steve's guitar and Rotten's sarcastic lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, man, we did a whole thing about Matlock. Did he get the the bad end of a stick and determined that he didn't at all, man? He didn't at all. Another great uh, Ramon song from the 90s, Poison Heart, which is a D.D. Ramon song. He left the band, but was still writing songs for them. I just want to walk right out of this world. I would love to see a country version of that. I just want to walk right out of this world because everybody has a poison heart. Kind of sounds like it could be a a country song. Hey, droid. We, you know, we just, we just jumped in. I'm actually about to jump out, guys. I have, I have movies. I have horror movies to watch. I took on a commitment that I wish I hadn't, but now I can't stop. <laughs> a dancing version of Scream. <laughs> How would that even go? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can do let dancing. I have to look up the lyrics. A dancing version of Scream. Misfits. I don't think. <laughs> of course, it starts off with a whoa. A chill runs up your spine and crawls into your brain. Oh, freeze. I can't. That Danzig would never sing this, dude. Oh, freezing. It's just not even Danzig's lyrical style. Oh, my God. It just would never work. I can't even, I can't even pretend to imagine as a joke. It just doesn't work, man. It's driving me insane. Although you cannot fight, you drank from side. You know what the problem is? And it, it, this is another interesting thing. I, I don't want to get into this, guys. We're going to be here forever. But here's another interesting... Okay, one little tidbit. Interesting thing about this notion um, <laughs> would be that the, the, the lyrics and the melody are so undanzig-like. Danzig would never do a melody like that, and he would never do lyrics like that. Till you scream, I can't wait to hear you. I can't wait to hear you scream. It's just not, that's not how he sings. I love it when Danzig covers hips, don't I? Oh, I broke an arrow. Oh, man, I don't start speaking Spanish. Um, Fair enough. I don't know why it's just always been my wish song. Shrugby, I'm not going to judge you. We, I'm not going to yuck on your yums. If that's what you want, then that's what you want, man. Yes, I love Yo, The Crusher is my jam. And that song is actually on, that's also written by D.D. and it's on D.D. King's rap album. That's right. D.D. King's supposed rap album has The Crusher on it. And it's a great song. I'm The Crusher. King of the ring. I think if the Ramones had kept going, we would have gotten a lot more CJ on stuff. There is, there's a whole love for that last era of the Ramones. People love that era. But you could always tell, you know how you always know a Ramones fan, like a real diehard Ramones fan. If they're, if they 
talk about Animal Boy and Brain Drain, and if they talk about any of the '90s albums, that but there are some casual Ramones fans that will be into you know Poison Heart and Strength to Endure. If you're down with Animal Boy, if you're down with Brain Drain, if you're down with Bop Till You Drop, Bop Till You Drop, or Go Little Camaro Go. Those are that that is those are really, really, really uh, hardcore Ramones fans. I think that's just me, though. That's just me. Oh my god! Oh my god! Rotten has lost the plot. His ego is self-sabotaging. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's his problem. I mean, he can't even allow himself to. Take a five million pound payday because he's got to play punk, you know. But it's just so so foolish, so foolish. Oh, Joseph. Joseph says instead, imagine Glenn remaking Scream the movie. Oh yeah, just a bunch of big titty ladies. Get all right. It's the first thing I want to do. I want to see this chick, and she's got a she's gonna be topless, and then. Ghostface, he's gonna come out of nowhere. He's gonna stab her through both her tits like a shish kebab. That's that's Glenn Danzig's scream. See, there you go, Animal Boy. We Thor Thor loves it. Yes, I would say, yo, if you're down with Too Tough to Die, that is a Ramones fan, Ramones album. Ramones fan, Ramones album. If you're down, I and this vacation. Endless Vacation's great. Warthog's great. Um, uh, Howlin' at the Moon. Oh, my God. Why on earth wasn't Howlin' at the Moon a a, a radio hit, man? I mean, just pure, like, Ramones doing New Wave in the best way possible. You know, um, Durango 95. I love that they opened up their... Their, their shows with Durango 95. And I'll tell you something, that final show in 96, when they're doing Durango 95 into Teenage Lobotomy at the very beginning of the show, they're just moving at supersonic speeds. Like, this is the band at their tightest. Even tighter than when Dee Dee was in the band, I think. Although, I will say, there's a clip of the Ramones doing um, Glad to See You Go in England at that show in 77 when they gave Johnny Rotten the beer at that very show, they do this version of, of glad to see you go, which is one of my favorite Ramon songs, by the way. Um, and just seeing Dee Dee like flopping around on bass. I mean, they're just they're phenomenal, dude. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I love me some Ramones guys. I'm glad we got, got, got some Ramones fans in this house. Dagger loves that stuff. Are you going to do a show devoted to those Ramones albums? I will. I'd be happy to. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about the Ramones. Listen, guys, we can go into the Ramones. We can put the Misfits down for a minute. It's not, they're not going anywhere. Wow, you lucky duck. That must have been cool. That must have been uh, bittersweet, though, because at that time, it would be like all about Dee Dee Ramone, right? Um mental hell and somebody put something in my drink are the best um yeah oh my god howling at the moon gets me so hyped as i said earlier for those of you who are not here you here's how you always tell who wrote a ramon song if the ramon song is about mental health it's always a Dee song if the ramon song is about love it's always a joey song and that's how you can tell the difference for the most part for the most part not always Sometimes that's not the case. Out of here, my favorites are Too Tough to Die, uh, but it was released later. Yeah, it's just, it's so great, man. I'll tell you something. I've said, you know, again, for all the, you know, how critical I am, how critical I am about, you know, Glenn Danzig doing songs like Lords of the Left Hand or Not Liking Let the Day Begin. Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World is one of my favorite Ramon songs like I love it I love it I changed the lyrics for me I changed the lyrics for me you know what I mean like that that's what I do uh I I I sing it a little bit differently but I love 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 that song it's a great song 
Uh-oh. We're getting hit hard with the rain. I can hear it now. I can hear it now. Yes, exactly. Shish kaboom. <laughs> That's great. Shish kaboom. I love it. <laughs> Eric says, my favorite post-70s Ramones album is Halfway to Sanity, but there are great songs on every album. You could find, I mean, listen, if you really love the Ramones, you could find something to love on every one of those albums. Every single one of them, there's something to love. They did. I Listen, Droid, I've said this before and I'll say this again, and you guys know how big of a Beatles fan I am. I would say, and some people call me crazy, that maybe even second to the Beatles, the Ramones might be one of the most influential bands of all time. Maybe not second, maybe in the top five. They're absolutely in the top five of all effing time. Um, it might, okay, so it might be, it might be written by, it might be written by Joey. I, I'm not saying that, that that's always the case. I'm just saying general rule of thumb, if it's a mental health song, it's going to be Joey. And if it's, I mean, it's going to be Dee Dee. And if it's a love song, it's going to be Joey. That's general, especially your first four or five albums going to be like that. Man, I hope it's not flooding behind me. I'm too afraid to look. I'm too afraid to look. Um, yes, I know. We've, we've covered this. We've covered this in the past, JRD. Yes, it's true. Sid Vicious was meant to be the original uh, Pistol sing Singer. Malcolm got the wrong John. They were in a gang. There were four Johns. John Simon Ritchie, John Lydon, and two other Johns. And he they got they picked John Lydon because of his shirt. Said, I hate Pink Floyd. And, you know, later, John Johnny Rotten pushed for his friend to join the band, and they pushed out Glenn Matlock. We've talked about this on previous, uh, previous shows. Rue is hoping Rue is hoping that Joey Ramone flick pays off. Pete Davidson might pull this off. Yeah, man, I, I think he could do it. There's another guy named, you know, the guy from Grandma's Boy who's like Joel David Moore or something. He could play. He could play. As a matter of fact, he did play Joey Ramone in that CBGB's movie. It was terrible. Oh, my God. The movie was terrible. He was pretty good as Joey Ramone. I think I think Pete Davidson's gonna pull it off. Great. I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. I think he's gonna do it. Ooh, that's a that's a toughie right there. Uh, Joe wants to know what is. Uh, can I name a favorite Ramones record? Well, here's the thing. For me, and this is straight up the truth, you can drop the needle on any fucking track on those first four Ramones song albums, and I'm happy. Road to Ruin. Friggin' Rocket to Russia, Leave Home, or Self-Titled. You drop the, the needle on any one of those songs, boom. But if I have to pick, I, it's so tough. Probably Road to, maybe Road to Ruin. I don't know, man. I, I love, I love Self-Titled too. It, it, oh God, it's, that's too hard. That is too hard. I'm going to say the first four albums, without a doubt. But I love, again, like, you know, I can listen to Too Tough to Die pretty much all the way through. And then after that, it starts to, I start to get a little more picky. I love Outsider off of, is it um, Pleasant Dreams? I'm an outsider, outside of everything. I'm an outsider, everything you know. Oh, God, it's so good. So good. What a great melody. Great, great track. Um. Oh, no, 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 no. And that one of the few Ramon songs to have a bridge. Actually, that's not true. 53rd and 3rd has a bridge. Um, Pinhead has a bridge. Some Ramon songs do kind of have a bridge. But yeah, first four. If Sid Vicious had been in, in been the pistol singer, they never would have had any good licks. The band never would have worked. The band never would have gone anywhere. Anywhere. You got to check. Have you ever listened to Dee Dee's solo records in the 90s? Like when he had this like teenage wife, Barbara, when she joined the band, it was just like Dee Dee Ramone. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, okay. Big show tomorrow night, guys. Big, big show. Turn on your, your reminders. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe this video. But I have a big, big, big show to coming tomorrow. 
We are doing Night of the Living Dead. It's Night of the Frumus Dead tomorrow night here on the channel. I had been asked by multiple people, multiple people, Jeff, what are you doing for Halloween? Going to do a special Halloween thing? I've gotten messages. People have asked me a bunch, mostly in the stream. What are you doing? And you know what? This is what I'm going to do. We're starting here. I, maybe it'll be the building of something new for the channel because I like, I love doing movie commentary stuff, but the problem is with copyright. And I'm trying to figure out a way to make it all work. As it turns out, one of my favorite films of all time happens to be in the public domain, and that is Night of the Living Dead. And it's a film that I think we all love to an extent. And I have a lot to say about this film. I have a lot to say about everything on this channel. Obviously, I never shut shut the hell up, but I have a lot to say about Night of the Living Dead. And I'm very nervous. I, I have a lot of nerves because I'm afraid that it's not going to go well. I, I'm afraid that it's going to get choppy or that we're going to have problems with you know, technical issues. It's possible. It might, it might happen. Yes. I love Bonzo goes to Bitburg is one of their best songs. It's, it's along with pet cemetery and Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Those are two tracks that should have absolutely charted. I mean, charted in the top 10 when they came out and they, they didn't. And it's such a bummer. I love questioningly. I love questioningly. See you tomorrow night, Mr. Frommas. Till then, be good, safe, and cough cool, please. What is your favorite Misfits album? Seriously, I don't have one, man. I, I love it all. I, I, different moods, different questions for different moods. What's up, Amy? Uh, different, uh, when, when I'm in a static age mood, I put on a static age record. When I'm in an Earth AD mood, I put on an Earth AD record. When I'm feeling poppy, I put on Walk Among Us. Another video that will be coming to the Patreons in the future, we're going to be talking about the Plan 9 version of Walk Among Us versus the regular version of Walk Among Us that came out on Slash Ruby. So keep your eyes peeled for that. that that's a little bit a ways off. Um, <laughs> static agent is fine. Fine. Um, but yeah, like I said, please make sure to tune in tomorrow night because... I I really think we're gonna have a really good time. I'm gonna try. Let me. I'm gonna try and make it a little bit more theatrical if I can. And I, I just really think we're we're going to and and we're gonna do a little bit of pre-talk. There's gonna be a little bit of pre-talk. We're gonna watch the film and then maybe we'll do a little bit of post-talk. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so that is the big Halloween special. Is tomorrow night, everybody. Uh, Night of the Frumus Dead. I, I love the way that the image came out. I might even put it on a T-shirt. I don't know if anybody would buy it, but still might put it on the T-shirt because it's so hilariously funny looking. And <laughs> what a last name. Ang Angus McCorder. <laughs> I bet Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Was not like he did not like it. He did not like it at all. Johnny um, had them change the name because it originally was bozo it was bozo goes oh god what was the original title it was bozo goes to let's take a look here hold on what is the original title to bonzo goes to bitburg just ask my phone so bonzo goes to bitburg hold on i'm looking it up right now Bonzo Goes to Bitburg is a song by American punk rock band The Ramones. It was issued as a single in the UK by Beggar's Banquet Records in 1985. It's an emotionally charged commentary on the Bitburg controversy from earlier that year in which U.S. President Ronald Reagan had paid a state visit to a German World War II cemetery where numerous Waffen-SS soldiers were buried. Lyrically, the song, I mean, talk about a band who, who sang about Nazi stuff in the past, but this is how, you know, this is where Joey's actual convictions are. It's an interesting thing that no one ever talks about. Nobody ever talks about, you know, it's like, whoa, the, the Ramones were singing about that stuff. But when it came down to brass tacks, you know, Joey wasn't about it. Although Johnny, Johnny defended Reagan because he was a staunch conservative. Well, um, my brain is hanging upside down. Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Okay, right. 
Now I remember. So the original title is called Bonzo Goes to Bitwork because Bonzo was the name of one of Reagan's characters when because Reagan was an actor in the 50s. He played he was in a movie called Bonzo or Bonzo was uh, I don't know. Bonzo was the or Bonzo was the name of a clown, I believe. And they changed the name at Johnny's behest to My Brain is Hanging Upside Down. So it's originally Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. And people still call it Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. You know what I'm saying? So Joe says, it took a while, but I have settled on Leave Home as my favorite. And interestingly enough, it is very few of my favorite Ramon songs on it. The Ramones are just that good. So then it's not your favorite. That that the answer would be that it's not your favorite then. Um, oh yeah, thanks, Rue, for reminding me. We we have a show coming up too. If you live in Lodi or near Lodi, yes, the Lodi that the Misfits are from. I don't know how this happened. We're doing a show. There's a show coming. It's a they they came from Lodi show, and I'm the host of the show. I'm the MC. I'm the mother effing MC. I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about. I'm wearing a a cape and a top hat and fangs if I can find these things. And I'm going to <laughs> talk to you. Uh, no, Joe, you know, that's why you got to have notifications turned on, buddy. I, I got to go. I have things I got to do. Anyone here subscribe to that theory, that horror business? Uh, he's really trying to get me to stay. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're going to do it. Yeah, Amy, I'm with you. I think Road to Ruin is it, man. It just has so many good songs. Bad Brain, by the way, is where the band, the Bad Brains, that's where they get their their name from. Bad, Bad Brain. Um, If you got the extended deluxe edition from the early 2000s, they had the live tracks that they played in Rock and Roll High School, the movie. Pretty great. Um would be rad if you phone responded to jamie uh no it's it's done i'm done i gotta go i have i have to i have a quota and it's late i gotta wake up tomorrow i gotta drive my daughter to school oh yeah i don't want you i don't want the stream to end it's a great stream though really good we got to do more ramon stuff people this is people don't like the fucking horror movie shit but they love the ramones hey i love the ramones too uh, so we'll see you tomorrow night for Night of the Frumest Dead. Tune in and beware. 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 Subscribe. Please subscribe. Subscribe to my channel. Subscribe to the channel. Check out the Patreon. Check it all out. Now that's what we're going to end with. That is what we're going to end with. You know. Have it here? Where? What in the... Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it gonna be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. (laughs) So right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like 
a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind the scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just wanna thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.